her to follow. Come and meet these puppy dog eyes. Let them draw you in and sweep you away. Eight-year-old Licious is a kind kitty who needs a family that will adore him. He also needs a warm, soft place to nap and play. If you think you've got the spot, come and meet him today. Got a chip or need a windshield repaired? Hi, I'm Cindy Wolf. Jim and I were both born and raised in Sheridan and are proud to continue to run Novus Auto Glass as a locally owned business. Novus Auto Glass has certified technicians to put your windshield concerns at ease. We strive for professional quality work. Novus provides a lifetime and national warranties on all installations. Novus Auto Glass, 1034 Broadway Street, or call us at 307-672-0139 to set up an appointment. This public service announcement sponsored by Pilch Engineering, providing geological engineering services to Wyoming. Hi, this is Janet with AARP Tax Aid, reminding you tax season is here. If you need assistance with preparation, please call the hub at 672-2240. Our certified team will prepare your taxes on Tuesday or Thursday, and it's free. That number, once again, 672-2240. Hope to see you. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. This morning, we are joined by the Executive Director of the Museum at the Bighorns, Danielle Stuckel. Good morning, Danielle, and welcome back. Good morning. How was your holiday season? Really good. I had a good um, vacation and recently got to go see family that I didn't see over Christmas, so it was a long, extended, great holiday. How about yourself? I was great. Uh, I drove across South Dakota, and the weather was really good there and back. How was your travel weather? It was good. I went to the West Coast, and it rained, but you don't have to shovel rain. It's my favorite (laughs) saying, so it was pretty good. (laughs) You don't have to just grab the mop, right? Head outside. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Now, uh, how how did the open house go? It's been a while since you and I talked, I think since December. Um, I think it was December 16th you planned on having that. That was kind of the last official open day for the museum. How did it go? It went really well. We had people come up wanting to see the exhibits for the last time. We do plan on being open some this the next few months, but because we don't know what that looks like yet, we really did want to try to give people an opportunity to, this might be the last time you see this stuff. It it will be the last time it's available in this format. As we relocate, everything's going to be new, refreshed, brand new exhibits. So yeah. it was a great opportunity for people to come up and anybody feeling some nostalgia about the building and the exhibits, it was a great opportunity for them to come and see one last time for to sure. Get a good crowd. Yeah, it was a nice turnout. Now, I've been asking folks uh, different questions as we go into the new year. Resolution, whatever you want to call it, but uh, one thing... There's two things that I like to do every year, and that is try to learn something new and try to throw something out. Um, So I'll ask you, is there anything you would like to learn going into the new year? If that's a new skill or, hey, I want to pick up this kind of hobby or, you know, I'm, I'm fairly new 
to the area. I want to learn this. I mean, yeah, there's so much. That's part. That's part of my job. One of the things I like the most about my job is, well, I joke with people that I have to learn how to do things in, well enough to teach fourth graders. <laughs> If you can teach a fourth grader how to do something, you can usually entertain a crowd of varying generations and skill levels. And that's one of the things that we try to do a lot of in the museums I've worked in is always be learning new hobbies, being able to demonstrate local arts and crafts. That's something we want to push really hard on this year, especially since we don't know exactly where we're going to be located and who we're going to be partnering with. We want to do a lot of programming still, but we want to be able to be very agile and um, thinking on our feet and how can we, I, I know how to quilt. Is there something new and interesting I can do with this? Have a new hook to draw people in. So we, even things that we already know how to do, we're still always trying to push the limit in. I already know how to do this. Can I learn a new technique? How can I make it fresh? How can I make it interesting? Lots of people know how to quilt. Why would they come here to see this? Yeah. Yeah. And and having the ability to put on demonstrations like napping or, hey, uh, let's figure out how to uh, uh, pack a horse or something like that. These types of things aren't necessarily uh, something that we're all going to do every day. Right. But it is still so interesting yes. to go up there and watch people demonstrate these older skills that used to be an absolute necessity for survival in our area. Uh, black powder rifles, things like that. Yeah. Um, plus, it's got that history component to it, doesn't it? Yeah. It's interesting because we like to talk about it's easy to read about how people did things historically in the past, and it's easy to think you understand what that looks like and what that means, but then to actually have to do that yourself and understand this is way more complicated than I thought it was. I have tried tanning uh, deer hide, and it is extremely difficult work. And it, I, I never was successful in my projects, but it was successful in that it really helped me talk to people about it in a better way. I, I really understood more how much hard work it is, how much skill you had to develop. I kept putting holes in my hides. <laughs> oh, going too hard at it. Huh? Yep, exactly. It was it was a lot of hard work, and it takes more skill set than a lot of people would think. You yeah. just kind of brush it off. Oh, you just scrape a hide. No, it's actually complicated. You do have to learn how to do it. <laughs> and and one thing that I've learned uh, in the past, on that same note that you're talking about, someone might say, okay, in the manual... It tells you to do it this way. Right. Let me show you a faster way that the soldiers on the battlefield have developed. Yeah. It's quicker if you do it that way, or it's more efficient. Well, do you know how many steps they skipped in the manual because they assumed that we were all on the same page and knew uh, all of the things they left out? Well, I don't know how to do what you did 100 years ago. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and that's a great point as well because they might think, well, you know, 95% of the people reading this manual coming from a farm, so they know what I'm talking about right, when I exactly. say X, Y, Z. Yeah. They'll have that skill in the bag before I teach them how to do this. Yeah. That is an excellent point. Uh, life has changed. Yeah. Uh, things have evolved. We've left things behind that weren't necessary for daily life. Right. And it's amazing 
uh, I can remember as a child going and watching a woman churn butter. And I was fascinated by the process. Uh, it's a very simple task. It seems like it, doesn't it? It, it seems like yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> now, we didn't get to churn butter, but boy, she sat there for a very long time while we were going through the rest of the dairy farm and looking around. Yeah. Came back and got to eat, I think it was a little roll with some homemade yeah. butter on it. Something that was very easy to do back in the day. Yeah. and But then understanding the science behind it, too. And I like to, we sometimes get Boy Scout troops and Girl Scout troops coming in and, and different school groups. And that's one of the projects I like to do with kids is making butter. And I give them little jelly jars so they can make their own batch. And I put a marble in it. And I tell them the first step is to shake the jelly jar until they can't hear the marble anymore. And then the second step is to continue to shake the jelly jar until they can hear the marble again. And that helps demonstrate the process of how the the butter is, um, the milk products are separating into butter and buttermilk. And it, it helps the kids understand better what's going on in the jar. Yeah. And I, I, um, I really like that aspect of it. It's fun. The kids love it. It gets noisy and they just have a great time. <laughs> cool but, is that? Yeah. But then, but then they get to understand that there's actually science involved here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of lessons going on. Yeah. Do you have like a, a list of individuals who have these types of skills that you can call on to give a demonstration? I would like to develop that. I know there's local people who have so much talent and have so many skills, and I'm looking, I'm always looking to connect with them because there's a lot of things I can do myself, our staff can do, but we really want to bring more people from the community into what we're doing. Um, there's always, even if, Somebody else knows a similar hobby as I do. They're going to have their own twist on it. And to be able to incorporate that into what we're doing and showing people is always a great, fresh way of of doing things. So if someone, excuse me, if someone does have a skill out there and they're like, you know what, I think, I think I'd like to teach this to Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts or a school troop. What do they need to do? Just contact me at info at museumbighorns.org. And I would love to get in touch with them and talk to them about how they could volunteer, what kind of audience they're interested in working with, if they'd like to do a demonstration or a workshop. Uh, there's so many different ways that we could be able to work with them and, and help get them working with, with people that are in, also interested in, in those skills and, and hobbies. And, and just people just like to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being able to sit down with someone. Uh, when I learned how to nap, it was uh, a friend of mine. And and he sat on his porch, and this is just what he did, mm-hmm. watching the world go by. Uh, yeah. He lived in Kansas, and so he just watched the world go by, and he'd sit there and nap. His whole porch was just full of rocks. Yeah, uh, uh, it, it wasn't the most appealing-looking location, but he that was what he liked to do. Yeah, And so he ended up making all kinds of amazing stuff, and to this day, I still have the little napper. It's a little met piece of metal that he is shaped Very cool. that helps you to do that. So if, if you've got a skill and, and you want to pass that on, give Danielle and the Museum at the Bighorns a call. You look like you wanted to say something. Well, just that a lot of people take it for granted that they know something that other people don't. They don't always take it seriously that they have a skill other people want to learn, which is why I like to tell people, if you can teach a fourth grader how to do this, other people will want to learn also. Yeah. Because it helps take some of the stress out of it. And and people, 
you know, there's there's people I've worked with, well, it's just knitting. It's not that hard. It is hard for a lot of people. I struggle with knitting, and I love watching other people do it. And it doesn't take necessarily a great skill set to entertain and connect with other people. So just because you don't think that you're great at something doesn't mean you're not. Yeah, exa- <laughs> yeah exactly. You know, hey, everybody misses a stitch now. And yes. Then, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Now, back in November, the Museum at the Bighorns announced the big plan to relocate. Daniel, can you tell us where you're looking to go? We are going to be relocating to the historic Woolworth Building downtown, which is uh Right next to, well, right now, this what's in that space is Bighorn Design. We're going to be right next to, um, uh, across the street from uh, Java Moon and next to Bison Union. So come and get all your coffee needs filled when you come visit us. There you go. And we're really looking forward to getting into this space. It's currently manufacturing space, and Bighorn Design just announced that they're moving to the old Holly Sugar Building, which is exciting for them. And that impacts on when we'll be able to move then. Also, as they move out of that space and make it available, we'll be able to do some remodeling in that space. It's kind of back farther into the building. So it's it's good for a museum. There's not a lot of windows. Some of the things that we would be concerned about for a museum, um, it's good space for us, whereas it wouldn't necessarily be as good for retail. It's not that front street front space. Um, we're hoping to get a little bit of street front for our museum store, but we'll mostly be back in the far side of the building where there's no windows, which is good for our objects, right. um, protecting them from light. And the um, it seems to be a really good fit. Um, the building owners and ourselves have been really excited about this pro- project as it's unfolded, and it just is something we've been so excited about to get downtown and be able to connect with people in a new way. And and the reason behind this is to basically get more exposure for the museum yeah. and Sheridan's history. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like uh, I've been here for a little over a year now. And when I first got here, I thought our location near the interstate was a really good one. And I didn't really want to give it up. But as I was watching what was going in town and traffic patterns and how people moved around town, it became very clear to myself and our board that moving downtown would be really good for us. The traffic patterns would be better for us. There's a lot more traffic downtown than comes past our intersection. So we're really excited about it. There's foot traffic and car traffic that will um, really impact our sustainability. And then we'll be able to also offer another amenity for people coming downtown. We'll be able to be an anchor, almost a community anchor to help provide programming We'll be open, you know, several hours every day, um, all week long. So it'll help those businesses that want to be open for more hours. will help attract more people downtown. So we see it as a real win-win situation. Absolutely. And I think you're right. You know, a lot of people attracted to downtown, mm-hmm. they don't really have that experience in a lot of locations where they're coming from, especially the big cities. You know, that charming downtown, that western front that we all know and love here. Yeah. It's so alien to so many people in yeah. this world. It's it's, it's a sad. wonderful historic downtown and there's other nonprofits that we're looking at partnering with um, organizations like Sage Arts. We've talked to them a little bit about how how can we cooperate with you? Are there things that we could do in in conjunction? So there's 
opportunities that we haven't even really thought through yet that we could do in a new and different way. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. On that note, we got to take a quick commercial break. We'll have more with the Museum at the Bighorns right after this. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. First Federal Bank and Trust presents the return of Dining for a Cause today at Smith Alley Brewing from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Our goal is to support local restaurants and nonprofits. Today, help us support the incredible work of the Sheridan Foster Parent Exchange. First Federal will match the restaurant's proceeds from today up to $10,000. Dining for a Cause at Smith Alley Brewing today until 8 p.m. with proceeds benefiting Sheridan Foster Parent Exchange. Dining for a Cause presented by First Federal Bank and Trust. Man, I just heard your car crying in the parking lot. It really needs an oil change. I know you've been putting it off because of the cost, but here's a deal you can't pass up. Through January at Midas, buy an oil change, get a second one free to use by March. It's perfect to share with a family member. And Midas also gives your car a thorough inspection to identify any current problems and to help plan for any upcoming repairs. Helping your car care dollars go farther will keep you safely on the road. See Midas Tire and Auto in Sheridan. Remember when your mom used to say, eat your cranberries or you'll get a bladder infection? Well, if you ignored her and now you're in trouble, well, you need the health-given stuff you can only get at the Health Nut. Aisle after aisle of supplements, vitamins and minerals, an all-natural soup, salad and smoothie bar, as well as a healthy grocery store and gift shop. So get good with the world. Be happy. Get healthy. And that all starts at the Health Nut in Sheridan's 5th Street Mall. Hi, this is Christy at Buffalo Realty, and let's talk about 4157 U.S. Highway 1416. This beautiful split-level country home is just a few minutes from Claremont, Wyoming, and is situated on 8.13 acres. The main level has a kitchen, dining room, living room, breakfast nook, covered patio, and striking landscaping. Upper level has two bedrooms, a full bath, laundry, and office. Call me, Christy Kinghorn, at Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. Sheridan Media's digital director, Julie Chadwick, has been named one of the top 20 digital directors in the country by Radio Inc. magazine. But what does that mean for our advertisers? It means we have a digital division that's one of the best in the country right here in Sheridan. If you're looking to expand your digital budget or ready to make a change, let's talk about moving the needle with your marketing. Absolutely. Our plans are designed for small or large companies tailored to your goals and objectives. We can do short-term, long-term, even event marketing and we can pivot if we aren't seeing the results the best approach is always multimedia but let's see what fits your budget we're not about numbers we're about results your success is our priority give us an opportunity to show you how we've become one of the top 20 in the country call shared media let's chat about how we can tailor a marketing strategy that includes digital and helps you reach your business goals email sales at sharedmedia.com or call 672-7421 and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning I'm hanging out with Daniel Stuckel, Executive Director of the Museum at the Bighorns. In the first part of the show, we began to talk about the museum's relocation to the Woolworth Building 
in downtown Sheridan. You can find a show, this show, a little later today on SheridanMedia.com underneath the Public Pulse tab if you miss that. Now, we're going to continue on with this relocation because there's a lot of questions coming into the museum about what are they doing? Why are they doing it? Why is it going to take so long? Danielle, uh, we've talked about where you're headed. Let's talk about what's going to happen to uh, going to have to happen to the building. There's got to be basically a remodel inside of there before we can even approach moving anything into it. Yes. Yes, it's um, we're trying to break it down into phases so that it's easier to manage. And one of the things we have to do is wait for the existing tenants to vacate the space. And then we have to get, we're going to be working with some architects and engineers to take a look at the space and give us some feedback on what what their recommendations for the project should look like, what kind of things we have to do to make sure we're following city code, what kind of things we need to do to make sure we have the right electrical wiring in place for the exhibits that we want to do in the future, the, where the lighting is going to be. So there's a lot of thinking through what things are going to look like in the future that we have to decide now so that we know where to put all of the utilities and everything. What is our security going to look like? Are we going to be able to control our HVAC in the space? So those are all questions we'll be working with an architectural firm and some engineers about um, what does this look like? What's it going to cost us? And then as we move forward with that, we have to actually do the work. We'll get the recommendations of what it should look like, what the plan looks like, and then we'll need time to do the work. We'll work with a contractor, and then we'll I'll also work with an exhibit design firm, and they will, we have a lot of ideas in place of what we want things to look like, and an exhibit design firm will help us um, organize, you know, what kind of furniture needs to be built, who's, what are our exhibit panels going to look like. We'll be doing a lot of the work in-house of deciding what the text is going to look like and what images we want on signs then they'll have a graphic designer to help us and um, just people to who will actually build the components of the exhibits. And I'm really excited about that. I've done some of that work in the past with different exhibit firms. And, you know, I have a lot of skills, but I just don't have all of the skill sets that a design firm will bring to the project. And it'll be really nice and exciting to see how all of that comes together. I'm excited about it. Because it is. a, a it, It's like hitting a big reset button. Yeah. I mean, we're going to reset everything having yes. to do with our museum. Yep. So our first phase is one of the things we're spending a lot of time on right now as we're waiting for the building to become available is we're doing a complete inventory, complete physical inventory of our collections. We're going through all the boxes making sure that things are packed up properly. We don't want to either, whether we're moving it ourselves or whether we hire somebody to move it, we want to make sure that everything's protected adequately. So we have to go through each and every box and take a look at it. We have to make sure that we compare what's in the boxes to what our records are. We have a computer database and then physical records of everything. So we want to make sure that this is a great opportunity to make sure that Everything is the way it's supposed to be. We have records of everything. Is there something that we don't have paperwork for? How can we track that down? And vice versa, do we have paperwork for something that we can't find? And then we're also taking a look at where are the holes in our collections? Have we Uh, collected strongly in some areas and not in others? 
and what kind of stories do we have that would work really well in the exhibits? And there's so many good stories to tell, but do we have the objects that would go in an exhibit to help bring that story to life? So we're doing a lot of thinking right now about all of that. And when you said HVAC, my mind automatically went to humidity. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things that a museum building has to consider that other buildings just don't have to worry about. Right. Humidity. Uh, as you said before, sunlight. Yeah. I mean, sunlight can damage uh, uh, artifacts. Yep. What kind of what kind of lighting do we have? Where is the lighting located? Are there objects that are sensitive? Because you can go into a museum, and a lot of museums will have an exhibit specifically to show sunlight damage to objects over time. Wow! And you can people can see this in their own homes. If you take the matting off of a photograph, you can really notice how the sunlight has damaged the photograph. And yes. It's really faded it. So we want to think carefully through all of those things. Where are the water pipes at? If a water pipe burst, what would be damaged first? And and is there something we can do to mitigate that damage before it happens? Uh, so it's a it's a lot of thinking, a lot of people doing a lot of thinking that um, you know is even deeper, more in depth than what I usually think about on a daily basis. Usually, when we move uh, as as people move our residence, so we may have like family heirlooms or something that we really take extra precaution in relocating. Imagine everything in the house, the whole building, the entire building, <laughs> having to be carefully preserved, packed up, assessed, inventoried, and then moved. And that's that's once the building is done. Once everything else is taken care of. So this is, it's not just, hey, we, we need enough time to move everything. It's the time that you need right. to move everything. And the surprises that we find in the collections. Just um, this past week, the, um, the guy who works for us, Chip King, he was opening old beer bottles to empty the beer out because we can't have, we can't actually keep the old beer in the, in the bottle. We want the bottle, but we want to dump that beer out. It, the beer itself doesn't really contribute to our interpretation of anything. Yeah. But it risks creating a problem if those bottles break. If if that box is on top of other items and, um, you know, they're notorious for exploding. Um, we've had collections where an old Coke bottle has exploded and it leaks down on everything else and causes other problems. So we find surprises like that in the collection and... You know, it's just going through everything one by one and making sure, does this have something in it that it shouldn't? How do we clean this up? How do we dispose of old skunky beer? Yeah. <laughs> you know, back in the day, we didn't make stuff out of uh, the the choicest materials like we tend to do now. Um, right. You know, a, a lot of things made of lead back in the day, once yes. I think about it. And that's yep. actually toxic. So we have to take that into consideration. Uh, Daniel, I had so much more to talk to you about, but uh, we've run out of time, my friend. Uh, I greatly appreciate you taking the time to come in and see me, and it is good to see you. It's Miss good Sydney. to see you, too. Thank you. All right. When we return, we're going to speak with Sheridan County Emergency Management Coordinator Jesse Ludekaus. He's going to give you some tips on staying warm this winter. Stay with us. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan.
First Federal Bank and Trust presents the return of Dining for a Cause today at Smith Alley Brewing from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Our goal is to support local restaurants and nonprofits. Today, help us support the incredible work of the Sheridan Foster Parent Exchange. First Federal will match the restaurant's proceeds from today up to $10,000. Dining for a Cause at Smith Alley Brewing today until 8 p.m. with proceeds benefiting Sheridan Foster Parent Exchange. Dining for a Cause presented by First Federal Bank and Trust. Moss Holders Design Center knows one mattress does not fit everyone. That's why Moss Holders carries 21 different Serta mattresses. From super soft to incredibly firm, it's important you find the mattress that best fits your body and your sleep style. Moss Holders offers iComfort and iComfort hybrids, which conform to your body with high-quality memory foam, but don't sleep hot. Serta's perfect sleepers provide amazing support without breaking the budget. Moss Holders is also your source for new sheets, pillows, and adjustable bases. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. If you're a Sheridan City resident, now's the time to sign up to receive critical emergency alerts from the city on your cell phone. Get information on severe weather, snow removal parking requirements, service outages, and more. The city's goal is for every city resident to sign up and receive these time-sensitive notifications, and now's the best time to do it. For more information and to sign up, scan the QR code in this week's Country Bounty or click the link on SheridanMedia.com. I'm here today with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Tommy, hi. The snow is starting to arrive, and you know what that means. It's time to finally get your sled on the mountain. I know. A lot of people are excited. And if you haven't gotten your preseason tune-up done yet, it's not too late. For the month of January, we'll knock 10% off your Power Sports service bill to make sure your machine is at peak performance for all those first tracks. Yeah, better be ready for that powder coming. That's right, and it's 10% off all Power Sports service, so fire up that snowblower and make sure it can still do its job. Call Sheridan Power Sports to book your service today. After the busy holidays have passed, don't forget those loved ones in January. Legacy Diamond and Gems has a large selection of garnet, January's birthstone, in rings, pendants, earrings, and bracelets. Beautiful garnets from Montana, Brazil, Africa, and other locations throughout the world. Come into Legacy Diamond and Gems for the finest quality jewelry at an exceptional value. 11 North Main Street in downtown Sheridan. mechanic with welding ability you'll want to pay attention to this decker cole is currently hiring an experienced mechanic slash welder along with a utility oiler these are day shift positions with excellent benefits you would expect from decker cole experience is necessary for the mechanic position but they will train the right person as an oiler applications for both are available now at sheridan's workforce center decker cole company an equal opportunity employer Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse Proudly. Brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. For the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by Sheridan County Emergency Management Coordinator, Jesse Ludicaus. Good morning, sir, and welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, I heard you You and I were talking about our holiday breaks. Uh, you, you got to get out of the weather a little bit. Yeah, uh, we left on uh, Christmas Day and headed out to uh, Maui. So support the people out there. The island needed, you know, I was always looking for some support after the wildfires there. So went and stimulated the economy. <laughs> Did you get to sit on a beach while you were there? Oh, lots of beaches, lots, <laughs> lot of scuba diving. If it's uh, whale season there right now, oh, so wow. if you're a you're a scuba diver. Uh, you get to go down there and you just listen to them talking to each other. It's absolutely amazing. Can experience. you feel that in the water? Yeah, so when they get really close, there was one that got really close to us, 
um, we we didn't see it, but you could feel it as they're talking. The rumbling it literally is like a bass going through your chest. It's that is cool. amazing. Yeah. I would love to experience that. In all my travels uh, around the world, I've never had the opportunity to swim in an ocean. I've been on the shore, uh, but it was a very stormy shore. You didn't want to wander out there. So, uh, but I've never been able to do that. And one day, one day I will. How is the new addition to the team doing? Yeah, Scout's doing great. So we're coming up close to a year now that I've had her. Um, some kind of exciting news that we had had with her was we had an assumption that she was maybe lab pit. One of our trainers was saying, you know, I'll bet you lunch that she is more pit than lab because, you know, he's like, I've trained, you know, over 500 dogs, way more pit. And so we got a DNA test on her and she's actually a Labrador and a Frenchie. That's (laughs) why she's small. So she has no pit in her whatsoever. She's actually half. Yeah. Little, little Frenchie. Yeah. Weird combination, but, but she's a great dog. Super friendly. Oh yeah. Uh, we got a Frenchie this year. Um, we had to, it was a rehome and, uh, he has been nothing but an absolute pleasure addition to the family. They've got a tough personality. If you know how to deal with a, a Frenchie, uh, then you've got some patience. But it's just a breed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they kind of they kind of bulldoze their way into just about everything, and I they love do. that about them. What is that training like with a bomb dog? Um, what is that like to go through? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's a a lot of patience involved, um, a lot of teamwork uh, between the two. What what is that like to do? Yeah, it's a lot of uh, time and perseverance. The dog just thinks that it's looking for a toy. So for her, her give is is a tennis ball. Loves fetching, loves tennis balls. And so anytime that she finds what I'm asking her to look for, she gets rewarded with a tennis ball. And it, so for her, all she's doing is looking for that reward, looking for a tennis ball. So it's she'll, a game. Yeah, it's a game. So she absolutely loves it. She loves coming to work. Um, you know, at home is boring, but at work is fun because she gets to play with dad all day. So yeah. <laughs> so we just go out and, and she doesn't know we're looking for explosives. But uh, for her, she's looking for a tennis ball because she knows when she finds that odor, boom, um, magically a tennis ball flies in, in front of her face and she gets to go chase it. So it's a lot of fun. How How is she doing in all of it? Yeah, she's fully trained, certified. She's doing great. Um, you know, as the years progress, she'll just get better and better and honing that skill and those odors and being able to find them and identify them. And, and it's interesting. Um, as time goes on, you expose her to different odors. You know, different odors have different odor profiles. And so getting her to learn that, you know, one black powder odor may be different, even if it's the same manufacturer. Yeah. Large quantities are different than very small quantities. And so getting her to understand that it's the same reward and the same odor, uh, that just takes time. So, but otherwise she does great. So would, is it every single day you've got to do an exercise with her every single day or is it not so often? So, uh, for her to keep her certification, she has to do a minimum of 16 hours a month. Okay. So that's what. Uh, the Wyoming Office of Homeland Security, that's what they pay me to train her to do is 16 hours a month. 
we do much more than that. So yeah. we train almost every day that I'm at work unless something comes up. And then there's uh, continual training that we'll do full day trainings pretty regularly. So the sheriff's department, police department, myself, and and other agencies will get together and do full day trainings. That's fantastic. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, having that opportunity to get partnership with our law enforcement agencies. And I mean, being... I imagine that they can expose her to a lot more than maybe just you hanging out uh, there, even at your office. Yeah. And having other trainers to be able to look at the dog that are maybe more experienced than I, and be able to say, Hey, she has this behavior or that behavior, or if you do this different, uh, it might help. And so just having another set of eyes, being able to look at the dog and uh, give me pointers is always yeah. always great because oh, I'm yeah. still new at this. For Absolutely, sure. yeah. and and like you said, you know, it's it's a big team effort between all of us, and and it's great to hear that everyone's kind of having fun doing it. Because uh, I imagine, yes, it's serious. It's a very serious thing, but like you said, she's just she's having fun. It's a game, and so I, I imagine that you're kind of having fun doing it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have the best job in the world. I get to help the community. I get to help people, um, help with preparedness. But at the same time, somebody is actually paying me to play with a dog. <laughs> Can you believe that? Like, it's, it's a job that? that I'm getting paid to play with a dog. It's just crazy. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, now, I've been asking folks uh, 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 if there's something that they want to throw out or something they want to learn this year. Uh, today I'm going with, is there something you would like to learn this year? Uh, whether that be a new skill or a new hobby. Last year, for the first time, I purchased a, a old used boat. Uh, and so I love fishing, and I've done a lot of shore fishing, and I'm and I'm good, good at that. But fishing from a boat, I've learned, is very much a different skill. And so I was not near as successful fishing from my boat as I was fishing from the shore. And my goal is to get to that deep water where the big fish are at. Yeah. Right. And I just did not succeed, uh, very well last year. And so I know that there's some equipment I would like to get and, and just that skill of being able to fish maybe a little bit better at those, in those lakes and trolling and things like that. Those are just, you think you know how to fish and then you try to do something like that and you're like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge, a whole lot of YouTube videos and, and, uh, I don't know. And no, I, I I love that um, because it is a skill, and and you are right. It's very different, very different equipment, very different techniques, and it's something that you love to do. And I've got friends who kind of started out that exact same way: shore, lake, and now, uh, due to his job, he's got the opportunity to go deep sea fishing, and he's been out there on the ocean a couple times and come home with some holy cow uh, trophies. I mean, just yeah. amazing fish that he's pulling out now so um love seeing that plus you know fishing is just one of those very zen things that you can do yeah and and for a very short time i worked at uh, westview here in sheridan which was a great job absolutely loved it great people there and uh the residents there you know many of them have lived here their whole lives so I had one resident to this little inside knowledge. He's fished like Dismet his whole life and he still goes. His family will pick him up and take him out to the shore and fish from the dock. He's wheelbar- wheelchair bound. And so I said, well, what's, what's the secret? How do, how do you do it? And he goes, it's pretty simple. He goes, uh, you put a, 
a worm and a marshmallow on on there and you fish from the bottom. And he said, but you have to do the colored marshmallows and you have to get the Walmart brand marshmallows. <laughs> and I said, okay. So yeah, I was, you know, killing it out there using that combination. And then, so I went to, when I went to Walmart, I'm like, well, what's the difference between the Walmart brand marshmallows and like the name brand marshmallows? I'll tell you this at the colored marshmallows from Walmart, look on the back and it says may contain trace amounts of tilapia. There it is. That's it. They can detect that. They know that. Wow. Right? And so, yeah. So sometimes it does pay to pay for the name brand. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're fishing. <laughs> That's brilliant. I, I did yeah, not check know. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, look at the back. Really cool. The ingredients will say right there in bold. And there you go. You just shared a fishing secret <laughs> there that you everyone's going to be rushing now. <laughs> now, much of the central nation experienced a very severe cold snap. Um, this year is uncommonly warm. But those cold fronts were just brutal, Jesse. Um, did you hear about any big effects from that, like a lot of uh, blown pipes or anything like that from this cold snap this year? Yeah, I mean, we had some power outages. Uh, we had a power outage in Ranchester in which we set up a warming shelter because they were without powers for an extended period of time. Um, one of the biggest things that I wanted to make sure that we talked about was um, propane tanks, home people that have propane tanks. So last year during winter, we did have a couple of major propane tank issues that resulted in explosions. And uh. some people, uh, you know, we almost luckily didn't have a death, but we did have some major damage to some structures. So the biggest thing is, is that if you have one of those outdoor propane tanks, those big home propane tanks, uh, just it's really important that you keep those clear. There's release valves that are at the top. You need to make sure that those are completely um, clear of snow and debris. Use a broom. Don't kick them. Okay. Yeah. Cause they're, yep. they're, they're very fragile. Um, and then also the pipe that comes out of the propane tank um, at the bottom, usually there's a little elbow there. It goes into the ground, runs through the ground, and then it elbows back up into your house making sure that that area is also clear. We don't want a lot of snow and debris or heavy things building up on them because they can cause a kink in that copper piping and which can cause a leak into your house. And so making sure that those tanks are really clear is really important. Um, those propane tanks themselves, you need to make sure they're clear because if the fire department has to respond up to a home that has those propane tanks or a possible leak, they're going to first look for that propane tank. And if it's completely covered in snow and they're not able to get to it, that's a major problem for them. Last year when they went up in the mountains, there was a couple of calls that they had that they weren't able to, you know, it took them a long time to find those propane tanks because they were completely covered in snow. So please make sure you keep those uh, propane tanks clear, the debris away from them. And at minimum, if you're not able to do any of that, at least put a, a stake in the ground with a flag right next to the propane tank so it's easily identifiable, both for yourself when you have to go out there to clear the snow, but also if our first responders need to go up there, they know exactly where that propane tank is and they can deal with it. And as always, if you smell propane, you smell gas, don't assume that the pilot light went out and uh, you just need to relight the pilot light. That's exactly what happened last time and a whole garage blew up. So, oh, goodness. Um, Make sure that you, you know, if you smell gas, you smell propane, 
just call the fire department. They have meters, they have little gauges that they can come and they can tell you exactly, okay, yes, there's gas here. Um, and, uh, it's at, they can exactly tell you if it's a threshold that it it's explosive. So, you know, stay away from, you know, don't light anything. Uh, don't turn any light switches on or anything like that, because that can cause an explosion too. If you smell gas, walk away, uh, get away from the building or wherever it is, call 911, let the fire department come and do what they do best. So just get the entire family uh, and pets out of the building, maybe go sit in the car. Uh, so it's nice and warm and give the fire department a call. If you've got that rotten egg smell, don't take that chance. Exactly. It's not worth it. And, and like I said, that's what they do. So they're, they're more than happy to come out and just make sure that everybody's safe. And, uh, you know, or, you know, the easiest things, you know, if it's at a lower threshold, maybe they'll just, you know, fan out your, your area and just make sure every, there's no leak anywhere that, that they can detect. So, Absolutely. And yeah. it's better to be safe than sorry when dealing with this type of situation. Because like you said, this this results in pretty bad outcomes sometimes. Yeah. I mean, we ended up having to evacuate a school last year. Uh, we had an explosion in a, in a garage. Uh, you know, it just was lucky that the, the person was was blown out, out the door instead of into a wall. Might have Might have killed them. So uh, we just don't want a repeat of that. So so making sure that you take care of that is really important. And, you know, it, I don't know about a lot of people, but uh, it, it, this is one of those situations like with the elbow and making sure that that uh, pressure valve is nice and clear. That is something that uh, sometimes we tend to forget that kind of thing until it's absolutely necessary to remember. So include the propane tank. In your snow removal process. Uh, and believe it or not, uh, I actually used to do that quite a bit when we had a propane tank in Grover, Wyoming. Uh, my father was very adamant because he'd had a propane tank for years and years. So uh, he taught me how to maintain that. And again, that importance of don't mess around with gas was really put uh, into my brain. And so that's something that I don't play with. Even at the place that I'm at now, I've called the fire department. I'm smelling gas and I don't want to, I don't want to risk it. Better to do that folks. And, uh, the fire department's more than willing to go out there and check things out. You're not putting them out in any way. No, absolutely. And they're, they're a great group of guys and, and, uh, they're more than happy to come out and just make sure everything's safe. They'd rather that than they come out absolutely <laughs> for absolutely. the other reason. So are, are there, uh, what do we see the most here in Sheridan County as far as dangers from the cold, uh, that you've heard about or experienced in your time here? Um, so just making sure that we're checking on our neighbors, um, especially when we have those very cold temperatures, sometimes we have shut-ins or elderly people in, in, um, maybe trailers and things like that. They don't have the insulation that we have in, in a regular home. And so just making sure that we're checking on them and they're not getting frostbite and their temperatures aren't getting down too low and and those kind of things is, is really important. Um, you know, another thing I put out a press release this last week about avalanche dangers. So making sure that you go, if you're going to go up in the mountains, you let somebody know where you're going, uh, bring the proper tools in case an avalanche does occur, such things as a shovel and a, and a probe, uh, and a radio are all important things. Having extra food and water just in case you get stuck 
those kind of things are, are really important for us to have. Uh, I know you have the, the highway patrol and the police department and things like that on here all the time. They they talk about car safety and things like that. And there's no reason to repeat those. Those guys are great. So really just with avalanches, making sure you're paying attention to your surrounding, letting people know where you're going is, is just key. All the surrounding mountains right now have are at high warning for those. Our mountains particularly don't have a warning system. So if you do see signs of an avalanche, if you go on avalanche.org, there is a way to report that on there so other people can see it, take a picture of it. That just helps to track where those avalanches are taking place. Um, and then my big tip, too, is if something happens where somebody's supposed to be back at 11, 12 o'clock, and they're not back, please don't wait a long time before you're calling the police. Most people wait until it's dark. It's 9, 10 o'clock at night, and now they've called, even though they know the person's been missing for five hours. Yeah. That makes things way more difficult for our first responders, our search and rescue teams. So call early is always, it's always easier to call them off than it is to try to get them going in the middle of the night. So a lot of resources just can't be deployed in the middle of the night. We have a lot more resources that are available during the daytime. And this is one of those situations as we were talking about with our firefighters. This is why they're here. They're happy to go out there and do this stuff. They train to do this kind of activity. Don't feel like you're putting them out. You're not. This is what they're paid to do, and they're very willing to go out there. And even even if they get up the mountain and they're like, okay, we found him. He was on his way down. Uh, he just got sidetracked for a little bit. That's fine. No one's going to get agitated over that. Absolutely. Uh, especially our search and rescue. They're all volunteers, and they're ready to go up the mountain anytime that anybody needs them. And so they're you know, don't wait to call them. It's easier to find tracks in the daytime. We can bring helicopters. I have access to the National Guard to bring up helicopters. Guess what? They don't fly at night. So I can fly them during the day. I can't fly them at nighttime. Uh, we have drones and all kinds of different tools that we can use during the day. But at night, it's it's very difficult. So don't wait. And that success rate is going to shoot through the roof, uh, you know, if you, if you act quickly. Uh, as soon as that sun goes down, the success rate goes down with it. So we need to make sure that we're stepping on that. Jesse, I want to thank you so much for jumping in here and speaking with me today. It's always a pleasure, sir. Yeah, thank you for your time. And I'm always happy to come talk to you. If anybody has any questions, they're always welcome to come to my website. And then um, ready.gov is a great website to get information. You can always call my office and I'm happy to answer any questions anyone has. Thank you so much. Yep. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE. And 103.9 FM. Shared. First Federal Bank and Trust presents the return of Dining for a Cause today at Smith Alley Brewing from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Our goal is to support local restaurants and nonprofits. Today, help us support the incredible work of the Sheridan Foster Parent Exchange. First Federal will match the restaurant's proceeds from today up to $10,000. Dining for a Cause at Smith Alley Brewing today until 8 p.m. with proceeds benefiting Sheridan Foster Parent Exchange. Dining for a Cause presented by First Federal Bank and Trust. 
Even though it's chilly outside, we feel the warmth of this community. Thank you for always supporting our small business. Hi, this is Elizabeth. And JT Kraft from EBA Hearing and Sound. We are excited to share that Addison Dempsey, our new doctor of audiology, is now accepting patients. Hi, I'm Dr. Addison Dempsey, and I'm so happy to be back home and working at EBA Hearing. I was born and raised here in Sheridan, and my husband and I are so excited to have the opportunity to raise our little girl in such an amazing community. As a doctor of audiology, I'm able to evaluate your hearing, program hearing aids from a variety of manufacturers, and I am able to officially evaluate and diagnose auditory processing disorder for all ages. I also have special training from the American Institute of Balance for vestibular assessments. Help us welcome Addison to the EBA Hearing family. We look forward to helping you reconnect to your loved ones through better hearing. Call to schedule your appointment today. EBA Hearing and Sound, 674-8920. That's 674-8920. They say you never know which direction a pickle's going to squirt. And that's just like the gamble you take heading out somewhere on your 4x4 side-by-side or snowmobile without it being serviced, tuned up, or repaired. Otherwise, you're just taking the chance of that machine not getting you back home again. Let Hando Service Center keep you from spending the night hiking out to where you actually have cell service. Yeah, you may not need them today, but one day you will. So remember, Hando Service Center on Sheridan's Heartland Drive. The Wild Performing Arts and Education Center hosts one of the most iconic 90s animated series, Animaniacs, in concert Friday, January 26th at 7 p.m. The trio of Randy Rogel, Rob Paulson, and Maurice LaMarche will perform the world-famous songs from the beloved cartoon series backed by the original projected animation. The show is hip and funny for adults, but kids will love it as well. Tickets are available now at the Wyo box office or online at wyotheater.com. You said I do. Now you need to visit and enter the new Sheridan Media Bridal Preview Sweepstakes on the contest page at SheridanMedia.com. Not only will you find vendors to help make your wedding day even more special, you can register to win over $1,100 worth of prizes. This year's vendors include Once Upon a Story Boutique, Bombshell Catering, Legacy Diamond and Gems, Solitude Spa, Crossroads Health, Cottonwood Kitchen and Home, and Bomber Mountain Bus. 